North Otago. It's rich in history and strong in character. And you have found the podcast that celebrates all that is good within our district. Join Gary and Damien every week as they either interview a legend or someone who is putting North Otago on the map yet again. North Otago legends, up-and-comers, and a bit of history. The name says it all. Well, hello again, Damien. Kia ora, Gary. Good to have you back here again. It's good to be back. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, another great podcast today, another interviewee that I'm really looking forward to talking to. Yeah, I, I don't – for me it's going to be tricky – yeah, yeah. Do you, well, know why, probably, you know why I'm thinking that? Uh, let me see, because um, no. 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 Well, I, I might get put on the spot today, and someone might say to me, who's your favourite mayor? And I, I just, one I'm going to have to lie to, and one I'm going to have to tell the truth. Well, I don't know, I'm not too sure. So that might give the listeners a bit of an indication who we have on the podcast today. It could indeed, yeah. 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 So um, no, it's, it's with great pleasure Yeah. Introduce Alan McClay, former mayor and uh, business person, and yeah, someone I think North uh, Otago well personality, known. yeah, real, real legend in North Otago. Yeah, so welcome, Alan. Thank you. Great to have you here today, and looking forward to to hearing some of the tales of uh, your your time in North Otago and the many things you've been involved in. I feel privileged for you to think I'm worthy. <laughs> <laughs> right, you're, you're a natural for it. Yeah, and we've been looking forward to having a wee chat with you and finding out a bit more. Um, a lot of people like myself in North Otago know you to say hello to and you know a lot of names and that, but you've probably got a lot of history there that people don't know, so that's why we want you on the podcast today. So let's start with the very, where were you born? I was born in a little place called Awaka mm-hmm. in South Otago. Some people don't even know where that is. And I remember one of my teachers saying, I did all my schooling there, and I remember one saying, probably in the latter part of my schooling, that I was bush, bread and barmy. So <laughs> that tells you a bit. <laughs> bush, bread and barmy. I was waiting for it to sound like a compliment, but it didn't really. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> ah, cool. And so you did. when did you move to North Otago then? I mean, what, what's the journey? I started coming to North Otago probably about age 12 because I had some relatives and and friends of our family lived up here and I loved coming up for holidays here. Yep. It just seemed, for me, coming from a whacker, I thought I was coming to New York. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was up here, I my birthday is Christmas Day, uh, poor me, and I was up here on my 15th birthday. I'd just finished two years secondary and Furman's were advertising for apprentices and I never thought my mother would agree for a, a minute. I was reasonably young for my age probably. Yep. And um, I went home saying they were advertising for carpentry apprentices at uh, Omaru. My mother said, do you think you should have answered and I picked up the phone within about a half a minute <laughs> and I was on my way back in the train in those days from Awaka, yep. the branch line to to Balclutha and back up to Omru. And I was here virtually uh, two days later for an interview. Wow. It didn't end up with Furman's. It ended up with the company Bed, Polston and Sandry, as they were there, Latterly Builders Partnership. Yep. And... Uh, 
that's where I worked for the next 17 years or 18 years. Oh, wow. So you're carpenter by trade. Have you worked yes. buildings around Omer? Have you worked? I know every time I go up the valley, I, I annoy my family, so I built that house or I built that. So oh, well, I, yeah. all, by, all going, by himself. Going yeah. up the valley, the last one I built yeah. was Dughurst. Um, but the first job that I had when I came was working 30 feet on top of a scaffold at the Majestic Theatre. Right. Uh, which had just been gutted by fire, and uh, so that was that was a very interesting uh, um, lead into building. Well, so that's at Omaru Elam Church now. Yes, correct. Oh wow. Yeah. So it just been gutted by fire. They're horrible. Those fire jobs. The, everything's everything's you know, black. Yeah, and, and you go home smelling like smoke. And anything that could be saved, yeah, they sprayed an aluminium paint to try and seal it. Yeah. But it was a very interesting job. Yeah. Health and safety-wise, you'd never have got away with what we got away with in those days. Yeah. So what yeah. year did you start in that N- job? 1962. Right. So, okay. Just doing maths. No, it's all right. Um, yeah, so you you came up here, uh, you got your job, um, sorted yourself out, were you renting a room somewhere? Basically, I came up with my push bike, a pair of jeans and my shirt, my mum and dad were, were sold to the earth people but didn't have anything they could. Um, there was no chance I was going to university, even if I yeah. academically was suited uh, to that. But, no, I came up here basically with nothing and uh, we were into it. Oh, and in terms of the board, I boarded with... Um, with a, it was interesting. I boarded with a, a lady who had boarded with my parents at a wacker after both of her parents were killed the same day. Oh, wow. Well, the, the father was cutting the hedge and clipped the power line, electrocuted. His wife came out to pull him off yeah. uh, the, the uh, wire and was electrocuted as well. Wow. As That's I tragic. understand it. Yeah. yeah. So... My parents looked out for that woman, so she probably felt, even though she shuddered, yeah. but she, no, she was great to me. And just, it was only for a few months, mm-hmm. but um, so I stayed over in South Omaru with them, yeah. and then I boarded again. In fact, in those days, you didn't flat. No. Almost ever. You, mm. you boarded, and I boarded with probably three until I got married pretty young. Yeah. Mm. So you, you settled into North Otago. Did you pick up any sport or anything like that or you just were focusing on your apprenticeship? I came with nothing and when I would have liked to have been playing probably tennis or rugby, mm. if I didn't work, um, like my first pay was £5 and six pence, and my board was £3 Yeah, and I was mad on getting a motorbike. Well, you don't save anything on that and so I almost from the very start worked on Saturdays at well well, only really two different things Seagull on the Wharf which when I could that was amazing Mm -hmm. I got in a day I got twice what I got uh, in in uh, at work yeah. for the week. So you didn't have to be in the union or anything for that? Well well, Seagulls didn't they were non-union labour so um Yes, I, I no. That we'll leave that comment out. <laughs> uh, I just remember a comment. 
an old wharfy maid to me once when I, I was being a bit over vigorous when they thought you didn't need to you didn't need Don't to show too off. Hard. To, no. No. Yeah. <laughs> but I was by the same token, I was surprised how hard they did work. Mm. Like lumping pollard all day or or offloading bundles of waratahs. It seemed to be a lot of waratahs in the bundle. <laughs> and I thought, oh, well, maybe we rubbish these guys more than we should. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. We had um, Barry Watson on the podcast talking about being a shipping clerk and yeah, loading I, and unloading. And, so and, did and he ever cross paths? Or? Well, that so reminded me of we were the company who did up the House of Travel or the Union Steamship Building mm. when they transitioned from... Um, Union Steamship to Union Travel, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, Warwick Ormandy was the uh, guy my age who I met there and sort of been sort of friends for ever since. After. And that's what I was thinking when I heard yeah. Barry saying that because I didn't didn't realise Barry had was worked it? there. Yeah. Mm. It's amazing what you learn, isn't it? Mm. So 17 years as a chippy and then what did you do after that? Um, basically, I, what I, at the end of being a chippy, I was drafting plans and we had just come to um, metric changeover and John Jackman, who was an old builder, uh, lived opposite me in uh, Derwent Street and he said, look, it's about time you were drawing some plans because today we changed to metric. I'm not doing any more. And I was, I'd been doing a few and I, I was quite keen about it. And of course, metric is so easy after feeding inches. Mm, yeah. And I couldn't understand why he wouldn't continue. Anyway, I started that, got so busy at that, that I thought maybe I should do this full time. So I just built a house in New Guinea um, and really felt a bit of a change, might be quite nice. And um, uh, so I went out, uh, I had quite a few plans to draw. And um, at the same time, an insurance company offered me a job and I thought, oh, I hate insurance, but I'll have a listen anyway. It might be a good crutch while I'm getting underway with my plans. And uh, so I got them to show me the contracts and whatever, and I thought, this isn't what I really thought it was. I I could just about do this. And I started within a month. I turned down any uh, planning jobs, and the rest is history. In three years, I started uh, Omer Insurance Brokers, and... 23 years later, I sold it to uh, to become the mayor, I guess. Mm. It was just an interesting point there. You built a house in New Guinea. Oh. What's, you skipped over that pretty quickly. You just like... <laughs> oh, well, it, just it, happened it, to be it, there. Yeah, there's a whole lot of houses all around the world. Actually, it was a life-changing thing for me. Yeah. Uh, probably not as much as it should have been, but but it, it was. I, I used to hear... A little guy used to come from New Guinea um, to our church and he was single, doing a great job out in a very, very remote part. And he was saying this time, he was home on furlough, he was saying he had to have a house built 
because the mission station were giving the whole little village back to the government and the only thing you'd think this is looking a gift horse in the mouth, but the government said we need one more school teacher's house built and then we'll take it all over. So he said, I don't know how I'm going to get this house house built. We're in the highlands. Um, everything's got to be flown in or if it's not something we can saw up yeah. from trees, anything else like roofing iron yeah. and things, all that's flown in. So I said, oh, I'll come and do it in December if you like. And uh, he sort of was, you know, is he having me on or not? And so I wrote to him a few weeks later and said, I was serious about, you know, if I can help. And um, so on, it might have been New Year's Eve or something, I had to charter a flight to get in there where I was because the uh, transport that I would have had uh, wasn't available. We'd been in the highlands, you get fogged in very easily. So all the flights that I could have taken were um, cancelled. Then I um, found a, a charter flight going in. If I was prepared to pay to go into this little bush airstrip where I was uh, to be dropped. So here I am with a huge case of tools. The pilot was very reluctant to drop me off in the middle of the bush, not, not knowing anybody or, or yeah. not actually expected quite at that time either. I said, oh, look, I think I'll be okay. And uh, so he landed with a little twin engine. It was quite an interesting little Beechcraft aircraft, but he got in there and then flew out and I, with a 10 tonne of tools in this great big suitcase, um, started walking on the only track that was out of there through the bush. And I was only, I wouldn't have been half a K on the walk, and there was only one place to go, there was only one track. Um, two young native guys met me um, in native dress, um, because white men had only been in there four years at that stage. And um, they both spoke good English. Wow. They were at school in Mount Hagen. Um, and uh, basically, they said, oh, we'll, we'll help you, we'll take, and we'll show, you, we'll show you how to carry this. So they hoisted it up, carried it on their head, and it was a head. All, all the tools I was going to use were in that as well as my clothes. Yeah. And um, then we all had turns, about three minutes each mm. with it on their heads and that amazed me what you can carry on your head um, and and walk reasonably comfortably. Oh. So that was that was my... So how long were you there for building a house? Um, almost two months. Yeah. Um, it was a, an amazing experience, that, so like I said. Has that left an impression on you for the rest of your life, you feel, or has it well, left you with a... It did, really. Well, White men had only been there, as I said, four years yeah. and so... Some things in some tribes, they, they said that some tribes hadn't yet been discovered yeah. and some of the things we did and witnessed were pretty pretty yeah. incredible. And, and what was also incredible, when I finished this house, uh, which was a very basic two-bedroom on, on our standards, like a little bungalow yeah. with slab, slab timber walls and pretty basic one one tap over a sink 
uh, a cold tap at that. The teacher who was going to take it over had been down in Mount Hagen training. He'd come back to the area that he came from and he walked through the house and I can hear his little almost cooing noise, the big guy, as he went through and then he cried. Wow. He couldn't believe he could own this house that we wouldn't have said was fit for a crib yeah. by... That's know. pretty cool. Yeah, and it, was, it was a cool experience. Yeah, so, no, I mean, did it have a, you know, a wood fire range or anything in it or is all the cooking done outside? No, the highlands are absolutely amazing in that the, the temperature is such that there's a continuous season. Mm. So that you don't have a summer and a winter. The weather each day was almost just the same. You'd have a foggy morning, 8 o'clock clear, sunny, 2 o'clock a huge uh, um, tropical storm with forked lightning the whole nine yards. First day I thought, oh, I'll never see this again. I saw it every day I was there. <laughs> and, it, and then it would clear up. Yeah. You could work the rest of the day. And then at nine o'clock, exactly the same. And it was spectacular at night time. Mm. And if you ate a pineapple, you could just whack the top off it and poke it back in the ground and it would grow any time of the year. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was amazing. And their, their markets and things up in the bush amazed me, you know, yeah. just the... So you yeah. got access to lots of things, that you, well, what, what you needed. Yes. Yeah, what, what we needed was flown in. You mm. made and, and, and the guys with portable sawmills did amazing jobs, wasn't yeah. it? And the, and the native timber was exactly the same as ours. Yeah. Swamp pine was remu yeah. and white pine. Was, all, all of those yeah. New Zealand natives were there in the highlands. That, that amazed me. Yeah. Wow. Mm. At least you knew what you're working with. You knew. Yeah. 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 No, it's so good. Yeah. Have, you, have you ever gone back? No, I've never been back to New Guinea no. since. It, was, it wasn't a place. That <laughs> it's not on the main tourist route. No, so. yeah. no. And it, it, it can be dangerous at times now too, can't it? Or is it not? And it certainly was then, yeah. you know. Like an, a new car, um, any new car that was coming to Hagen would um, run the risk of having the, they used to call them, what they call them, um, rascals. Yeah. And there was gangs of them. And they would just run the knife round the windscreen and whip the windscreen out of it, especially late model stuff, because they could sell it. You know, no no tarsial roads much and windscreens often got broken. Yeah. And that was the sort of stuff uh, that, you know, was happening. But there was other stuff. If you killed if somebody got killed, there was always payback. Yeah. And that was an interesting thing. We once, right out in the bush, only white man is there, and I went to watch a payback ceremony, and that was scary and incredible. Oh, a woman you? had been walking, a woman had no status, and a woman had been walking across a, a log bridge and basically didn't get off the bridge for a man coming the other way, and he just threw her off into the river, and she drowned. And then the payback was from her tribe. Her family. Yeah. yeah. And, and the payback m money was 30 pigs, which were, and pigs were the currency, 
And that would have been a fortune. That would have taken probably years to pay back, peg by peg by peg. Mm. But the first payback ceremony when the tribes came together was with the deposit of, I think it might have been five pigs. So I trudged away through the bush for, well, a few few miles. It seemed like, well, in those days, no trouble. Mm. But um, I didn't realise quite how scary it would be when we got there, but there was no trouble. You know, there was no. And you came back to New Zealand, you, um, you carried on and so forth, uh, became a insurance salesman mm. and, um, yeah, as you say, history, but, uh, well, it's not really. There's a lot more to it. So um, is there, just on, on the building, is there any other buildings you're particularly proud of that are still around? I'm sure most of them are still around. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I remember once I, I, I thought at the time it was a huge um, compliment that I was quite humbled by, actually. Just just down the road here, one street on Wharf Street, there's a block of flats, mm-hmm. and I drew the plans for those for my bosses, yep. and they built those, and I was sort of thought, oh, I thought I was quite honoured to be asked by them. Um, I'd just left, I'd actually left their employee and gone to uh, work for Jim McClay, uh, but, you know, yeah. I thought it was quite nice. So mm. even though it's a very plain building, built probably about 1978. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, it might have been a wee bit later than that. Is that no. one that juts out from the from the roadside? Yeah, and just and goes out, out and, and it's still all flats. Yeah. 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 So you, you've left your mark on Omaru and physically you've left, you know, that's good. Mm. Gary, have you built or designed any houses or oh, well, we've yourself? Built. I know you've built a deck, Gary. No, I've built two houses. Yeah. And substantially helped with um, one, two others. Okay, so yeah. that's, that's Alan one, Gary one. We'll keep oh, going. Oh, no, yeah. no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It probably took me 17 years to build that yeah. compared to however many Allen bought. Yeah. <laughs> One of Gary's is on the end of my drive yeah. and it's still a spectacular, very nice house. So he can take credit for that. Uh, well, yeah, actually, we just, I, I can take credit that for that because when I did my apprenticeship, <laughs> I had to come back and do work experience for Les McCulloch. Okay. And he was building the house and I actually did some work on there. So maybe yeah. the reason mm-hmm. it's still there... Is because of you? No. <laughs> No, okay. it's because anyway. because you had good supervisors yeah, staying yeah, in. No, yeah, it's because they didn't let me do nothing important. So no, probably. that was one of the ones yeah. that did, did a lot. Yeah, we did all the we took it over. Oh, we'd helped originally, and yeah. then took it over and lined it and did all yeah. that stuff. So, but um, yeah, it's all, there's a lot of satisfaction, isn't there, of, <laughs> of you know being in building and um, yeah. yeah, having something like that. Yeah. So I'm interested. You know, you've got a good business going. You've got the insurance business. You're doing okay, and then all of a sudden. Did you want to be a councillor or did you go straight for mayor? What was going on? This is the weirdest story. Duncan Taylor, the mayor before me, worked for me at at Omer Insurance Brokers and um, he said to me one day, do you think I'd be stupid to put my name forward to be mayor when I've never been a councillor? And I said to him, Duncan, that's probably just what we need go for it. And I said, you're a political sort of an animal. He'd been involved with uh, um, supporting national politics and I thought he was probably a 
a candidate for the job, and he obviously was because he went in by quite a majority. Mm. And he said to me at the same time, if I got elected, I'd do three terms and I'd definitely be out. Yeah. And um, so that was that. We didn't think much more. We wished him well and he, he went in. Nine years later, he called into my office one day and said, Alan, I'm telling council today that I'm not standing for the third, for the fourth term. Yep. He said, and today's the day you're going to announce that you are. <laughs> And so he just told you. I laughed and went, to t- yeah. and went to say, don't be stupid, I've never even been a counsellor. And then I bit my tongue and thought about my... And it was right at the time that there was that huge controversy over the building of the covered pool. Yep. And, it, and it was a sad, sad thing that Omru was just torn apart. I never believed it could have happened. Yeah. And in a way through no fault of their own, it put uh, incumbent councillors um, the on the back line. foot, really. Yeah. And so I too went in with that sort of majority, um, the, the sort of majority that Duncan had. It was a big majority. But having said that, I have to say, six years later, I went out with that same, with the figures reversed. So yeah. that shows... Maybe I didn't do all things right. Uh, yeah, I mean, to be very fair, I think you you, you did a, a lot um, over a short time and um, I think came as a, as a bit of a shock to a lot of people. And, you know, there's a lot of lot of good things that happened during those years, which I think are a testament to, to your time there and the fact that you um, you, you, str- you strode on. I, I once heard the definition from Barry Soper of a good politician as someone who leads but is always looking behind to make sure that everyone's following. Um, I think, Alan, you, you led, but you, you were off. and <laughs> People struggled to keep up with you. And, you know, the, the Opera House was a major project. Which, yeah, uh, I, I would see you as a visionary. And um, so some of your visions and that probably still come into pass, some of the things you were looking at and doing. And, um, yeah, I want to thank you. So six years... But they were six productive years. They were really good years. North Otago really got going and there were some turnarounds in those that six years. And I think Gary was part of I was going to say, years. do you have any young councillors come along <laughs> that, you know, you had to clip around the ears every now and again? And, and well, It was interesting. I remember I, I remember Gary's first meeting. If it wasn't his first, it was close to it. Yeah. And it was a particular thing coming up and in those days we had some we had some things and I think we had some good wins in one or two things like one or two things yeah. that I never mentioned that I personally thought they were some oh. of the better things we did but I remember Gary and again that's when I first uh, understood how well he read the agendas mm. and he took the stance on this particular issue when all of the other ones that had been on the previous council they all were into him he didn't fold. He just stood his ground, and I thought, "Good on him." Good on him. Yeah, yeah. It, it's one thing that just stood in my memory from yeah. that time. I thought, "Boy, they're getting into this young guy." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, enough about me. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the um, yeah, it, probably yeah, for disclosure. Um, yeah, Alan announced he was standing, and um, you know, I announced soon after, and we'd been neighbours. And um, so we knew each other pretty well. Um, but, yeah, I knew that 
with Alan going in, it was going to be a really interesting time. I thought about it the term before, but I was working out of town far too much. Um, so 2001, Alan got in, and yeah, I got in, and that time there were 15 councillors. It was yeah. quite a change. There were seven, uh, seven new councillors and new mayor out of the 16 overall. So that you not only had to learn the job, but you had a whole half of council needing to learn it with you. Yes, what I did do when I Duncan Tolk came into my office very early, it was like ten months, I think, before the election. Yeah, and probably not the political thing to do. He said, "You know, I'm telling them I'm not standing. You're telling them you are." Well, I'd had half a dozen people ask me what I consider it, unbeknown to Duncan at that stage. So I thought, "What can you lose?" I mean. Um, been a great place for me to bring up kids and to be in business and I loved Omaru, still do and uh, so I said oh, okay and and so it was announced in the paper but from that time I think I went to every council meeting and just sat there and listened and yeah. l- did a wee mini apprenticeship just and it certainly did um, show me how things were done and um, what, what was on the current book. So. And did you have Duncan on speed dial once you were mayor that if you had to run a few things past them, you'd, he'd be good to offer advice or did he just stand back and yes, let you go? Yes, he, he said he was available any time. Yep. But the funny thing is mayors are individuals. There's no rule book for the mayor in yep. terms of instruction book, I should say, rather yep. than rules. I mean, the rules are there for everybody. The instructions aren't. Yep. And so you tended to do things how you honestly believed they should be done with the knowledge that you're only one vote at the end of the day anyway, like maybe you had a casting vote. I think you still do, don't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they trust me with that. The (laughs) councillors choose whether you have it or not, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it was was certainly a, a big learning curve Though, um, mm. you know, because it's all the stuff that happens outside of the meetings that, um, you know, the, and it's not just cutting ribbons and kissing babies. That's right. Yeah. It certainly isn't. And uh, it certainly is a learning curve. And and I must say, it was six years of good experience for me. Yeah. It wasn't, uh, yeah. So what were some highs? What were some achievements that you thought, well, that was good for the town and still good for the town? One that I really sort of think is a good achievement that nobody would ever think about yeah. was um, some chaps rang me from Odomatata and said, we would love to buy the um, Ministry of Works building um, for a community building. And I always loved the design of that building. It always seemed just a bit different. And it was a very expensive building. I think it cost 1.8 to build or something at the time. No, it might have been five million. It was, it was whatever it was. Yeah, it was at the time pretty was a expensive lot of, at yeah. the time and a lot of money. And so I invited these guys uh, to meet me on Sunday afternoon. Um, I I had something to do in that double decker bus that I used to tear around it, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought that would be a good place to have a meeting because I was doing something down at the harbour 
and I knew I'd be finished by about 2.30 and it suited them very well because they were down here for the whatever it was on down there and we talked about this and, uh, and I said, look, I think this is viable. I think uh, you might remember what we ended up paying for it, Gary, but it wasn't. It was, it was probably, about one. Probably about one, year. yeah. And it was an incredible buy for that. And again, it's another one of those things that you don't do it. The, the team comes on board and yeah. backs it and whatever. And council decided on the end that, uh, you know, it was a good good move. And I think it's been a great move. And so we have another good asset for the yeah, community. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's one. It's, it's a funny one. Yeah. But, but it was one that I thought, right. you know. If I give my version, it's that uh, Ellen came in with this crazy idea that we need to go buy this building and a bunch of councillors headed on up. We did an inspection and thought maybe he's right. And, um, you know, and, yeah, it was um, – we bought it and plans were drawn up for, for converting it um, into a community hall and the shop and so on. There's a flat upstairs which is let rented out and – Mm. Um, some offices up there which are rented out, and yeah, it was a. It, it's been great for that community. Mm. And and another thing that we did in Gary's time, probably boring, boring, boring. That's no, good. Is um, but but not to people who had lived here for years. Every few months, we would have the Waitaki, the drinking water from the Waitaki River, that was coming to Omaru through the race, yeah. and we'd have a flood. So our water through the tap would be. Brown, if if it was drinkable at all, it probably wasn't. But it was at the best of times. It was pretty, mm. pretty um, awful. Yeah. And we embarked on this ambitious scheme to spend twelve million to put a state of the art water filtration in yeah. um, at source. And I thought that was a great one. That that didn't get a lot of flack. Really, but it, but it really did work. Yeah, the usual comments: nothing wrong with the water. Been drinking it. <laughs> Doesn't matter if newcomers get sick. Um, but no, it's it, 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 another project. Last the test of time, we've added so many of the other water schemes onto that one. Because so is that the, the egg re- built extra reservoir road, the water treatment yeah. station? So you spent. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, hang on. I'll say thank you for that. I appreciate the clean water, the good water. We have good quality water here in North Dago now. Mm. So, yeah. Fantastic. The water at source is more yeah. pure than bottled water, which is yeah. quite, an, quite an achievement and quite a, um, a good testament for this, yeah. the type of filtration that's in. And yeah. now it's taken all the way down to um, all the communities yeah. and, and as far as Mauraki. Wow. So, yeah, it's mm. pretty good. Another project which I think probably did find a lot of popular favour was uh, getting to work on the harbour. And that was another idea you brought back from something. You'd been somewhere, you saw a boardwalk all around the harbour and so on, and you thought, we, we'll it's that. time for us to do something with our harbour. I must say, the harbour was probably my biggest disappointment. Yeah. From the point of view that it was somewhere where I mistakenly thought, I'm sure I could make a real difference here. Yeah. And I think it almost took my whole term, six years, of seeing, and not altogether being a, a, an instrumental to anything, apart from just trying to get people together to do stuff, 
But really, in my six years, we had only started to make some good progress at the end and probably Gary's seen more than I have. But um, I mean, it it set the foundation. You know, we we had people come in, um, you know, architects and so on, actually saying, you know, here's how you do it in a way that actually keeps a lot of the character there because that that was so critical. And, you know, I say there was about two years of talking (laughs) before we really got onto it. Um, But that was a valuable two years. Mm. And sometimes those seeds have to be sown way back there, Alan, so thank you, because you look at what we do have there, and there's still a lot of work to be done, and there's still potential for, if everyone can get on the same page, I don't know if that's possible, but it's amazing, you go down there on a summer's day, and the playground is packed, and people are walking, or people are just parked out, looking into the harbour, and those wee parking bays, and um, jogging, the rowers, the yachters, the kayakers, the swimmers, if there's not too many sharks in the harbour. The, it's it's just a real asset for North Otago and for Omaru, So Even I, a winter day, yeah. there's, there's good use around yeah. there. I must say, I, I get a lot of pleasure about yeah. seeing the progress down there, yeah. albeit um, incremental yeah. and, and outside almost of my... Um, you two could be on that cheese ad, you know, good things too. Well, they certainly do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was sort of hoping Gary had perhaps tapped my shoulder and said, look, you don't want to consider being my deputism, do you? I thought he would have too, Alan. Is he not yet? <laughs> not at all. No, no. no, no. no. Oh, well, huh. yeah. Did Probably you... would have been a good idea at times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Get things done. Did you make him your deputy? I didn't. Well, that might, there we go, it might but, be a wee bit of... I, I, can, ex, I can excuse myself in yeah. that uh, it was, uh, PC was just really getting into gear. Yeah, so... And I started, so yeah. if you're a male mayor, it was really PC if as you a had, a, had a female deputy. Yeah. yeah, okay. Is that sufficient, Gary? No. Uh, good excuse? I, I, I do remember our conversation, and actually there was very good reasoning around what happened, and that, oh. and that was fine. So, no, it was absolutely fine. I mean, it was definitely learned a lot from my time with Alan and it's been invaluable. Yeah. yeah. Well, what a great man to learn from. Yeah. Yeah, you would have learned a lot. Yep, absolutely. It'd be fair, some people you learn a lot from and some people you learned what not to do from. Would that be fair? Yeah. Is, is that the yeah, same I in politics think, as well? I th- yep, absolutely true in politics. Yep, yep. you see yep. how some Don't, people do it and you probably go, well, I wouldn't do it that way. Yeah. Yeah, we could take yeah. an extreme and say, don't be Trump. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'd say don't be Biden. Like, yeah, you know. well, no. Look at, yeah. There's, there's, that's the thing. There's, yeah. you know, in most people there's some really good things you yeah. can take, learn. you know, positive things yeah. you can learn from them and some things you can see that actually I don't want to do that. Yeah. Hmm. All right, let's get back on to Alan. Yes, we? shall we? Yeah. yeah. We could. So you left politics you washed your hands of it. You thought, no more for you. you you've done your time, or will you want to run for the National Party one day or something? Oh, no. I, I personally, and this is very, this is totally personal, I know, yeah. and it's all, almost a bit naive, but I thought national politics shouldn't play too much of a part in local body mm. because you, as a local body representative, you have to work with whoever's in power. Mm. And if you're going to be absolutely biased or anti one side or the other, yeah. it doesn't work. And so way. I, even though I voted one way all my life, um, I tried not to have, uh, and, and I was accused 
all sorts of times about <laughs> my leanings or whatever. Yeah. It was probably obvious, but I thought this shouldn't come in. Yeah. Um, I'd heard of a council and I knew some of the members of it who used to have a, a little um, political meeting before the council meeting, which is a real no-no yeah. in the rules. And uh, I thought I'd hate to be mayor of a council like that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I and, mean, yeah. And we weren't like, uh, you no. know, there wasn't, there was th- that wasn't something that entered into our yeah. pol- into our local government, and I don't think I think it still a, would be yeah. the case. Yeah, very much. Um, you know, people get particularly in local communities, people are voted in by the public for for the decisions that they are going to make on their behalf, and uh, you know, party politics takes that away, and actually, you know, it's, it's yeah. no place for it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, very good. So you just. Threw yourself back into business again, and then I know you're a man of projects too, aren't you? So your house is a wee bit different from everyone else's house. What do you do to your house? Well, I sort of uh, built underground. Yeah. Maybe I knew I was going to be the mayor several years later, and I thought I I needed protection. Get protection, but you took over the project, didn't you? I did. A, a, A guy started the house as his dream house. Yeah. Done a lot of, he was an engineer, he did a lot of research into the particular type of house uh, in Minnesota or somewhere that has pretty extreme summers and winters. He started the house, he got ban- vandalised by kids, right, basically before he had the foundation finished, but he had done a great job of what he had done and uh, he cleaned it all up. And it got um, vandalised almost straight away again. Broke his heart. He just put it up, put it on the market, yeah, and sold it. And so I, I thought. In fact, somebody came into my office one day and said, "Would you mind? Would you like to come out and have a look at this house and advise us what we should do?" It was a land agent, and I had nothing to do with land agency in those days, and. Uh, I, I was wrapped in the concept and I took the plans home and I'm sitting up in bed looking at these plans and Christine saying to me, don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I was just finishing a house at spare time and at that stage at the top of Tyne Street and um, one year later I said to Christine, come and I'll show you that house that we that I was looking at a year ago. It hasn't sold. And um, I took her through the gate. It was a 10-acre property, a beautiful sunny day, and she loved it. And within a week, we'd bought it. Yeah. And so the rest is history. It took me 24 months, I think, to to finish it. In a caravan to finish it. So a lot of concrete with a lot of sealing, like sealing the walls and that. And it's all... Good, it's done well. Like, yeah. Well, we've had a lot of fun yeah. here. 30 years ago now, it's hard to believe. But yeah. Uh, you know, I've been in it and it's, it's, yeah. it's amazing. Uh, yeah, really interesting place to live in. Beautiful courtyard that's, you know, totally we've covered had over. We've had a bit of fun it's there. Been, yeah, it's yeah. great. I haven't had the invite yet. Obviously no. I'm not. I oh, might be on the B list, you You're think? welcome any time. Oh, well, yeah. You're young, you know, it's just, it I'm, takes time. I know Dad did a bit of curbing and jamming there for he you. Did, he did, he did. Yeah, yeah, so I know he was there, but no, I haven't made it. In fact, yeah. he, he was there at the end. Yeah. I, I could have done with him many, many times. He's probably a concrete um, expert, yeah. absolutely, and I was sort of a, I always wanted to build a concrete house. Yeah. 
I cured myself. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, you've, you've you've built a number of notable ones. I mean, the one you had before that, I think it was, was on Tyne Tyne Street that you you modified. Oh, yep, that was the Tyne Street house. Before yeah. that, I had the A frame behind the girls' high school. Yeah, and then. Uh, Funny enough, about the time we did Doug Hurst while I was still in the trade, um, I, do, I I made patterns that were um, perfect for his archways, and so buy it I used it in yeah. mine, and we used them in his because it, lots of the arches were the same yeah. same size. Although his house was a, twice as nice as mine, but yeah. <laughs> Dad had arches into his garage too, so was that similar? Did he borrow big concrete arches? Mine were elliptical arches, which are a bit more difficult in that they have that elliptical shape so that you can't just scribe a circle. and They were quite intriguing. I could have probably done them a lot simpler, but that's not you. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. So, And you've been involved with quite a a few other things and... um, North Otago, what else is what else do you enjoy or what else do you get involved in and just um, lend your expertise to? I got involved in a lot of things by accident, like Council of Social Services. I was chairman yeah. of that for uh, a year or two at the beginning and uh, budget advice was young mm. and having a bit of leadership trouble when I chaired that for two or three years. Um, and they, they were, again, for me, good learning experience at the time. Um, As I say, I would have liked to have been a bit more involved in sport, um, but I just couldn't fit the the space in. I was either uh, trying to save up enough money to buy a section and build a house, uh, and then after that I was always building a house for, Mm -hmm. I think we built about six for ourselves. Um, And again, just as a means of getting on, like you you bought, um, in fact, that's what was a bit funny about the building trade. I built in those days. I doubt whether you could do this now. Maybe you could, but you could build three, and your last one was free. Yeah. And um, I think I was about twenty-eight, and I just built my third one and thought, "Is this what life's all about? Is it really just about owning a house and a nice car?" Yeah. And it was then that I sort of started to. Think there might be other things I could do. Yeah, you've been involved in a few fundraising things and projects that uh, thinking sort of community house, etc. Yes, yes, oh, that was an interesting one. Alec Neal was a was my solicitor, and over the years we become really good friends. And Alec was a project man; he loved projects, and um, so. Right. Mm. So we uh, we both sort of took that on board, and uh, he as much as me, and we did as much as we could of the refurb. Um, again, you probably couldn't do these things now, but we were able to to do do lots just to get the thing and, and draw the, a team together to help us and do yeah. volunteer and whatever. And community houses served its purpose quite well. They've probably outgrown it now, but it's good to see it's. But what an asset, what an asset for anyone who's needed it. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, getting um, the community house has got a number of not-for-profit agencies and so on in it. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, they have outgrown. They are working on new premises, but yeah. um, it's, gosh, what has it been? It's probably close to 30 years, 25, no, 30 years. 30 years. Yeah, yeah, it's probably 35. And um, you're in another house, a different sort of house down in Dunedin you're involved in as well. Oh, yes, that's right. There was, you got a better memory than me, Gary. We, we were quite involved in uh, Omaru House in Dunedin, which was very much, um, I think, the brainchild of Altrusa. Mm. And uh, it was well worth getting behind. And I think, again, it's another one that um, has served our community really well um, and, and is still going. I've been travelling up and down myself and... Uh, Seeing Omaru House still doing its thing, I'm yeah. thinking that, that's really good. Yeah, it's a very it's, helpful accommodation by oh, the hospital. It's a blessing. Like, mm. if you're having to use it, you know, for some reason, and then you have that house there, it's just such a blessing for the community. Exactly. It's, it's such a yeah. good thing. It's a nice, yeah. it's, it's a nice uh, it's handy. accommodation yeah. within two minutes' walk from the hospital, so yeah. it's very handy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing that. I also had eight years on the Community Trust, which was a, an absolute privilege. It, it's, it's, you wouldn't almost call that a, um, a chore. It was, it was probably, and when I started on the Community Trust, um, the trustee he just recently died. Um, his name has just eluded me. Uh, he was an MP for years. Um, It'll get back to me. But he said to me, Alan, this is the best committee I've ever served on and this is all in all his years in Parliament and, yep. and doing whatever. And uh, um, Mr Gray, what's his name? Um, oh, great yes. guy. I'm, I'm amazed his name just didn't spring into my head. But I'm after eight years, I must say, I felt just the same. It's been an absolute privilege to... Yeah. On, and like not many committees you can be on that have seven or eight million to give away a year, and, yeah. and there's a lot of satisfaction in that. Yeah, just enables so many community mm. groups to get on and do yeah. amazing things. Mm. That's very important. Yeah. You've been involved in a few other projects since the mayoralty. I'm thinking of you know the overbridge, and you, you yeah. pretty much drove the restoration, well, you did drive the restoration of. Of that. Um, well, again, it was all about the team. I've always thought that if only three or four people will agree, they can do anything. Yeah. And so our Rotary Club was asked, would we or could we do that? And at the time, our membership was probably the older generation who didn't have too much uh, who some would have been unable to, and it, it, was, it was probably too big for us. But again, I called a meeting in the double-decker bus down there. Yeah. Uh, I thought of of seven builders, I think, and of the seven, they all agreed. I, what I was asking them for was, here's this job. Uh, here. Come on. Could you give us a day? Yeah. All, they all said they would. And that day, for more than half of them, probably morphed into two, yeah. and for some, a week. Yeah. Um, and that's really what, so it's no credit to me. Um, but they were a great team. 
No, yeah. Total credit to you. I, I might have been the person who went to the Rotary meeting and asked them to to help out, but it was, um, yeah, the fact that afterwards you you picked it up and you, you got the people together and, you know, I know you spent a lot of time on that and, um, you know, you worked with, you know, getting the timber and everything. I think there was a bit of donated uh, cross arms and things that yes, went on to that. Yes, it was great. The power board gave us cross arms, which, all, which are all the uprights on the, on the uh, railings. And um, we had some great gifts, if you like. I went to a stock firm for uh, the netting for the bridge, which is quite, quite a, an amount. Yeah. Um, and I think that was... Uh, um, going down the bottom of the town, um, uh, CRT, or yeah, CRT. It was at the time, and uh, yep, Fletchers were very generous. But it's great. One thing I just like, like, um, involved with the rowing club, and if it's too windy to get out in the water, or you know, we have a few different tests we do, and one of them, the kids, is the bridge test. And they've got eight minutes because that's the average time to get down a course, a 2K course rowing. So they've got eight minutes to go backwards and forth over that bridge to see how many laps. And every time they do it, they've got to um, improve how many times to get over and back. So thank you very much for building that bridge. I don't know if the rowers will be thanking you but halfway through this season. But um, no, it's just things like that. It's just a great asset. they up and down, as safe as anything. It's sturdy. And, um, yeah, we can just use that as a te- fitness test. So, Gary, I'll see you there tomorrow, eight minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. pretty happy to take you on, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, uh, yeah. So. Mm. Yeah. So, um, really good. I just, yeah, thank you. I, I said at the start, you're a visionary, and I, and I do know. I've seen that, and I know that about you. You see the big picture. You see what needs to be done. And I think as a 15-year-old moving wanting to move to Omara, you've seen that there was more to it then and you've left your mark. So I want to thank you very much for everything you have done. And I know that it, 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 sometimes, you know, it's tough, and especially being a political figure or, you know, in the in the public's eye, you know, people have opinions. But um, I just want to say thank you very much. You've, you've really, you've blessed the town. You're visionary. You're, um, just the way you've come in, you get a team, you build people around you. And, um, and I really think North Otago... I owe you a big thank you for everything you've you've done for the community. Yeah, no, totally agree. You've um, you, you've you've made a difference, and I think yeah. that's you know one of the best things that people can say. Yeah, and that's what it's and for the good. Yeah, and that's yeah. and that's it's such good to having people that bring their skills, and that's what we like on the podcast. Someone who has a gift, has an idea, has a dream, and they bring it and they see it through. I do have a couple of questions. How many business meetings happened in the red bus? It sounds like that, that was the place to do well, your wheeling well, and dealing. It was the upstairs of the bus could yeah. seat about 30 yeah. and they were totally captive. I could stand at the front and There's only one refuse their exiting without going through the emergency exit. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, did, we didn't do that very mm. often, but, but when we did, it just happened to work. Well, yeah, and, uh, and that in itself... The old bus was a funny experience. It was, uh, and and we had, with the mayoralty, we had a bit of fun sometimes. Was that just just one way or another? Well, yeah, yeah. Again, you gave <coughs> gave a lot of your time, and the, you know, 
the cost of the bus. That yeah. you, you did a lot of things for free. It was, yeah, it was a, again, just another great contribution. Well, I remember for my wife's 30th, we hired you to drive us down to the mill house um, down there two years ago, if you're listening, Jacinda. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so that bus has, has been seen around town a bit. So there, another thing, just buying that, bringing a bus in, and I know you've, you you pop over to China every now and again, and it's just, you just enjoy doing that? You just enjoy challenging or seeing how something can be done different? So this is my last question. Yeah, you just, what is it? You just enjoy a bit of a challenge, is that right? The, the latest shortage of chipboard mm. has really proven important. I've always been annoyed that... My son can live in uh, in the States in a pretty amazing house that costs the same as a little three-bedroom that I built up Test Street a year or two ago. Yeah. Um, and I, I think we are just, we are really taken to the cleaners on products. Yeah. And the latest chipboard thing, um, a bit political I know, but it has really proved that. Yeah. It's disgusting. And so I enjoyed taking people to China and really just showing them how they could get a good product back yeah. here for very cheap. Yeah. In fact, jibboard as an example, good grade tapered edge jibboard, I could buy in China for under five dollars a sheet, five dollars to bring it home. Ask yourself. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And and you've taken a number of people over, as you mentioned. Uh, I think Dot Smith might have been one of the ones you you. you been on repeat trips. She, she was actually wonderful in, in terms of you only had to point uh, her at a bargain and she could do a whole deal. In fact, she could have taught me lots of things. <laughs> <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed taking them. Yeah. I, I just want to touch on one other thing because one of the memories I have is a um, newspaper article that was, was in the lead up to the election where you got elected first time as mayor in 2001, and, and um, it was September 11, happened just before that, and you'd not long been to Twin Towers, mm. and and there was a photo there that you'd taken when you were there, mm. and just, uh, yeah, it was it must have been pretty eerie for you. Have you got time for a story there? Yeah. Because I loved that building. I'd been to New York two or three times, I'd gone up the trade centre and really loved it, like 100 and whatever stories high, and just an amazing bit of building, I thought, at the time. So I'd won an insurance trip just toward the end of my time with the insurance company. In fact, it was only just before I became the mayor. And um, we were up in that building having a breakfast meeting um, and some people came in and did a, um, a presentation for us and a bit of an act. And there was one woman who everybody noticed. She was an attractive woman, but she was totally enthusiastic and very good at what she did. And um, we all sort of spoke to her afterwards and, and I personally spoke to her and she told me her background and whatever and what had happened to her and how she came to be there. And I think about eight or nine days after I got home, my son, who was in Australia then, rang me and said, put your tally on. And here was this first jet had already gone into the building and I just couldn't believe it. I thought eight days ago I would have been in that building at the same, exactly that time yeah. <coughs> and on the top 
where the people never had any chance. And uh, all I could think of was that woman. Poor girl. And, um, you know, I thought, oh, that's, you know, and I, you have to think of an individual when you're yeah. thinking of that number of people dying. Yeah. But I thought about that and I thought about that for years afterwards and only at probably two, just before COVID, I was flying down from Auckland and there was one of the insurance managers who had been on that trip with us and I hadn't seen him for years, probably 20 years, and um, I said to him, I told him, all I could think about was that woman. And he said, oh, we were just the same. We were able to bring back the, the, the people that managed the function that we were doing. She had rung in sick that day. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I thought that was amazing. Yeah. I, I was so pleased to find that yeah. after that many years. Yeah, because, yeah. Yeah, I mean, with, with that number, like you say, it's, it's really hard to conceive of it. But if you think of, you know, if you know of one individual yeah. that yeah. might have been affected. But good news. So, uh, she, yeah. she made it through. Yeah. She did. It was good. Yeah. I was um, building storage in Chicago at the time. And so the Sears Tower was the next tallest building. And so Bruce, yeah, yes. everything in Chicago went crazy because yeah. the people were trying to leave and emergency and fire trying to get there just in case something happened and everything went a bit crazy. So it has an, it has an impression on you, doesn't it? That it kind does. Of thing. Yeah. Just the size of that building, it's almost like being on a cruise liner when you couldn't imagine it sinking. Yeah. Or a 747, you think, oh, surely this couldn't, yeah. couldn't come down. They're still vulnerable, and uh, yeah. yeah. So, no, it's um, you, you've done a lot. You've been through a lot. You've got some some great stories, and you know it's been really good hearing a lot more of them. So, thank you very much for that. Thank you. It's been a privilege. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. I've really enjoyed listening and talking to you today, and um, getting to know you a lot more. And um, I feel really privileged to sit and talk with you and just hear some of the stories because. Yeah, you have left a mark on North Otago, so thank you for everything you've done. Thank you. Mm. Thank you both. Thank you for what you're doing. <laughs> Good as gold. Cheers. Good. Okay, well, these are some stories you didn't even know. No, added, added some more layers. In New Guinea for yeah. a few months. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, no. eh? It's good. it's good what we're finding out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully um, people... Well, we know people are enjoying it. We're getting really good feedback from a lot of people on the about the podcast, so... Yeah, it's uh, it's a real privilege to be able to bring the, the these to them. Yeah, and I'm gonna go PC. I'm gonna go. Um, I've got two favourite mares. How's that? First <laughs> equal. Is that is that okay? Oh, look, I'll, I'd take that any time. Yeah, all right, that's all right. That and that's Reg that. Denny and uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 no, all good. Hey, Gary, good chatting. I enjoyed it today. I just learned heaps, and it's just good getting that little bit of history and mm-hmm. um, just. Men like that have, who've um, helped leave their mark on their town for the good. So, yeah. That's yeah. no, been good. Right. So, we'll look forward to having the next one. Yeah. See you next week. Cheers.